0: Thomas Keller is a chef, business executive, and author. His restaurants, The French Laundry, Per Se, and Bouchon have earned seven Michelin stars and worldwide raves. Thomas Keller joins us here in Studio 57. Welcome. Good to be here. So are you a chef now, or are you simply a business executive? Well, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, like a doctor, if you move on in your profession, you're still a doctor um, because you have those skills. So you know, I like to consider myself still to be a chef, although I don't practice those Mm -hmm. skills every day like I used to so um, I'm more of a restaurateur today
1: Seattle, Washington, Studio Two One Two, part of the Soundcasting Network. This is going to be episode one hundred and thirty-four of Real Cook. How much longer on that medium-rare steak, sir? Did you extend the title? <laughs> <laughs> I am the host of this podcast about the restaurant industry, back-of-the-house culture, uh, shit-talking, food, fun stuff. Uh, my name is Bobby Stills. And I am joined in studio by. Introduce yourself, sir. Uh, let's
0: go with recurring. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: the f- all 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 killer, no filler.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, not officially on payroll yet. <laughs> Guest star, <laughs> uh, d- Troy Krajewski, checking in. <laughs>
1: Uh, where are you from, sir? Tell tell them where you where you're currently working. Still employed. Still employed. Not fired yet. Uh,
0: no, have made it uh, about three and a half years oh, up at Rock Creek Seafood and Spirits.
1: <laughs> what's your uh, What's your cap?
0: Uh this this is the furthest I've ever gone. <laughs> so we'll find out.
1: Oh man. I don't know. I'm usually a two year mark is usually. Two's pretty solid for me. Two's, I think, two's pretty solid I for me. I think that's been the trend. Yeah. I usually have, I usually find some sort of beef with somebody there, no pun intended, uh, with somebody working there to where one of us has got to go. Yeah.
0: And well, in our case, it's a seafood restaurant. So, <laughs> <yeah>. pun intended.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunate news here uh, at the Grow Long Steak Mister show uh, Eric Rivera, a chef, pop up king extraordinaire, is no longer. On this show, Uh, that's his choice. 100% his choice. Um, I'd like to say that uh, through no fault of my own or Keith's um, doing, uh, Eric chose not to participate in the show anymore. Um, I love him to death. I wish him nothing but luck. I really enjoyed having him on the show. Angry, crazy man, uh, which he would admit himself. Uh, It was a lot of fun. I didn't have to... I used to be like the the boisterous one who was uh, very passionate and angry, would get angry. But, you know, Eric stepped into that role just fine. And then, uh, you know, I got to chill out a little bit. I'm not going to go into too much detail about exactly what happened. I'll just say that he had some personal uh, disagreements with some friends of the show. And, you know, since we are all friends, he decided, you know, he just wants to focus on the restaurant, which, you know, I can't I can't blame him. I understand where he's coming from. I. I had said on the show before, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know Eric that well until, you know, we kind of started working on the podcast together and, you know, we became friends through the show. I like, I got nothing but love for him and Ingrid and the restaurant. I like what he's doing. I think it's, I think it's crazy. Uh, but I, I think, you know, sometimes you got to be crazy and take risks to succeed in this industry and really set yourself apart from other people. But with that, those, you know, reaching for the stars, you know, you anger some people, and your tactics may not always be welcomed in, in the restaurant industry. And, uh, some people look at them a little oddly and, they, and they, I've heard things, you know, people, I know a lot of people in the industry, I'm friends with them and not just from working in the industry. I just, I, I know a lot of people because, you know, I'm a pretty friendly guy and, and people have told me things. And one thing I will say about Eric is, is, uh, anytime I ever heard anything, I, I always asked him. I never, you know, went behind his back and would talk shit about him on his back, but he would admit to some things and he would tell me his side of the story. So I appreciated that. And I, I like to take people, uh, you know, on on my interactions with them, because God knows people hear things about me and and have their own opinions of me before they actually meet me. And, uh, when they meet me, they, you know, I totally thought you were going to be something different than you are. And they come to find out that, you know, I'm, I'm not this monster. I mean, I am a monster, but you know, I'm not the monster that, that I was perceived to be, uh, or portrayed by other people. So, um, Eric's a good guy. I, 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 still want everybody to go out there and try his 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 restaurant and he's he'll be out there doing all sorts of stuff. I'd love to have him come back on the podcast. I said this about Johnny. I talked to Johnny the other day. We're still really good friends, but you know, he's busy at Lucinda and he's got his child and his baby's mama and all that good stuff. So, you know, they're all friends of the show and that's part of the reasons I do this show is to keep connections with people and, and catch up with them and bring them back. Troy, I haven't seen Troy in fucking forever. Probably since last time I did the show. I think I'm <laughs> <laughs> I might have ran into you once, but it's possible in passing. We like the ships, same ships, two ships in the sea. <laughs> so yeah, and all the listeners that we have, uh, you know, acquired through Eric, um, who listen to the show uh, because of Eric, you know, I I welcome you uh, and hope that you join us uh, and continue to listen to the podcast and give us feedback. And you know, yeah, if you like to hear us talk shit and and uh, you know, bitch about food. And our, and our bosses are chefs. That's the thing about it. Eric is a chef. He's a, he's a boss. He runs his own place. And, of course, his employees are going to, you know, have their opinions and their differences with him. And a lot of times we, we say this. Me and Eric talked about this on the show numerous times is that, you know, you view a chef as doing something and being a cruel human. And being uh, unforgiving and unapologetic about the way that he runs his ship. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're not in his shoes. You don't know what he's going through. You don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, And so there's a reason why people act a certain way and do certain things um, that, that unbeknownst to you. You know, and you may think he's just being a fucking dickhead, but at the end of the day, he's, you know, and not, not, I don't know if he's right or wrong. You know, I I don't know. I'm not on anybody's side when it comes to this stuff. I just know that I've had chefs before. I was like, this is a fucking dickhead. We were talking about it on the show last week, Troy, is that he was at, uh, he worked for Huxley. He worked for Huxley Wallace mm-hmm. and he came in, he took over all of his restaurants and stuff. And I had friends that worked at that restaurant. So, and they said, this motherfucker, this new, and I told Eric, you know, this is before I knew him, this is what people were saying. They, this motherfucker comes in here, thinks he's hot shit, you know, just changing up the fucking game, doing all this shit. What the, who the fuck is he? What does he know? This and that. But Eric was telling me, you know, it's like, dude, their shit was weak. They gave me the power. They asked me to do this. I look like the bad guy. You know, even though I'm just the, the name in the face that has to tell them, like, sorry, you know, I'm changing your your hours. I'm changing your shift. I'm changing the menu, you know. So he looked like a dickhead.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, Huxley sold it because it wasn't working. <laughs> he left. I mean, so, he was,
1: yeah. Well, he wanted to run. He wanted to run it a certain way. Yeah. Eric wanted to run it a certain way. And they were like, we don't want it ran this way. And he was like, well, this is what this is how I do, why I do what I do. If you don't like it, find somebody else different.
0: Yeah. And that's why you go through all of the shit to become the chef <laughs> so that things can be done your way. And hopefully your way is uh, the right way in a successful way. But often cases that is not. But for the people below that, that would like to uh, simply just bitch about how things are being done. Take it upon yourself. Try it out. It's, it's not, not fun. It's not so easy.
1: It's not easy <laughs> at all. I, Lord, I know that I had pressure. I, oh my God, I was talking with this kid the other day. I, I left a... establishment downtown and the person that was below me stepped into my shoes and I ran into him, had some time to sit and speak with him and I have no ill will towards him or the owner or the business I wanted to do well. And there was just a disagreement about it. And I, I was like, I had anxiety. I had like stress of like nightmares, you know, of knowing that things happen beyond your control. But ultimately at the end of the day, the buck stops with you and it's on your shoulders. They don't want to hear excuses. Investors, owners, your boss doesn't want to hear the excuses. They don't care about what happened. They don't care who's sick. They don't care somebody fucked up the order. It is your job to fix it. Exactly. By any fucking... and that's what you do, and that's what I'm good at. I mean, that's actually one thing I am good at by any means necessary. I'm gonna make shit fucking happen. You know, I, I don't give a lie, cheat, still, kill. You know what I'm saying? I, not for real, but you know what I'm saying. I listen too many too much run the jewels. You know so that was you know, but it, it it's very tough. You know, it's very tough to make things happen. And that and Eric pulls shit out of his ass.
0: Yeah, and you know, that's that's part of what I pride myself in the way. That I run
1: a kitchen is just put your head down and get shit done. (laughs) Most definitely. Uh, Speaking of chefs running shit their own way, I wanted to, uh, you know, shine a light on Maria Hines. She recently downsized her company.
0: Which is not the trend of
1: uh, not <laughs> Seattle at all. chefs. Not at all.
0: When you consider right now with uh, Thomas Douglas, Thomas Thomas <laughs> uh, Thomas
1: Douglas is
0: at number thirteen. <laughs> uh, Ethan Stowell clocking in at fourteen, currently in the lead. And you have got Maria Hines at what seems like a measly three <laughs> at one point in time, but still a force to be reckoned with in the industry in Seattle. Uh, down to two and now going to one. Uno. Sticking with the baby, the prodigal son, Tilth.
1: The prodigal (laughs) son. If if anybody out there who's in the Seattle area has not been to Tilth, I highly recommend it. Not just for the food, but the spaces. Yeah, it's a lovely old house in Wallingford.
0: It's a great space. But yeah, she certainly has had some accomplishments in her career. Iron Chef winner. Granted, it was Battle Pacific Cod. (laughs) As a Seattle chef, uh, I don't think you're welcome home if you lose on that one. Uh, But she came back. She opened Tilth. It's been, what, probably 10 years now?
1: Tilth's been around? Maybe longer than that.
0: Uh, And then started to grow since. Golden Beetle had its issues. Uh, She pulled the cord while the timing was still right on that one. Agri-Dulce I liked been, Golden Beetle. I did too. Uh, I did too. But apparently, it it the numbers weren't as great as uh, perhaps the food on the plate. I wonder why. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, I should have probably did my research. I mean, you know, a lot of times when we come into this podcast, we're not. We there's a couple of things that we have on the plate of what we want to talk about, but we don't. We don't really narrow it down to what exactly we want to speak about. We kind of go with feeling. I wish I would have reached out to some people that I knew that worked and maybe find out some more information about it. Some people, it's we're messy. It's, we don't like to put too much business on the streets, but we like to put business in the streets. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know exactly what happened with Golden Beetle, but I like that place. So things just don't don't work all the time. Uh, that's the thing about it is like, I don't know how Tom Douglas, I I don't want to shit on Tom Douglas. I've met him a couple of times. I have many friends that work for him. He's a nice guy. So I don't want to shit on his restaurants, but I don't know how. He keeps opening up successful restaurants. How does this? So happen?
0: many of them. How? So many too. It just one. There
1: is the they. They don't fail.
0: <laughs> yeah, it baffles Same me. Same thing with even Stoll. And it's to the point where he's his own competition. He's got his his <laughs> compound downtown where every other door is a Tom Douglas restaurant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and he he man, he does treat his employees. I've here's another thing. I've heard multiple different. Scenarios of the way you know his chefs are treated and and his boys are treated. I've heard some that swing far left, some that some that swing far right, but he always seems to have staff, which is enticing it, it, well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's unheard of. Yeah, you know, uh, he's always got bodies. I don't know where he's pulling these people from, and it's not like he doesn't hire illegal. No. You know, Immigrants or you aliens. Know,
0: I've heard some of those bodies are you know wearing Jordans and basketball shorts <laughs> online, <laughs> so quality might be a different uh, topic to get into there. But his
1: food's not that complicated. It's, though it's, it's not. It's complicated. approachable from all angles.
0: It's it's he, he's definitely uh, got a formula to his system, but it's one uh, that appeals to the masses, uh, and clearly it does well.
1: I think the tourists. you know, the tourist. He's a, a staple amongst. You can send people there, and it's an approachable menu. Very much so. And so people aren't going to, oh, this is too expensive, or, oh, this is what the fuck is this? Yeah, you know? like, oh, that's some weird shit. Uh, I, I was very surprised Ethan still took the lead. Uh,
0: same here. I didn't think he was he's up even by, that close. He's up by one. Shout yeah. out to my
1: homie uh, Tobias. Uh, Kremple, the Kremple Meister. He is There's
0: a, a name. Friend.
1: Uh Toby's a friend of the show. He actually was on the show. We did a a review of the Impossible Burger at the first place it was served here in Seattle, which is congratulations to Impossible Meats. I guess Burger King is picking them up. Um, they're gonna have a Impossible Whopper. Oh wow, that's that's that, a huge deal. That is a just super huge deal. And it's it's good for, you know. I guess people that eat fast food, I'm sure it's going to be more expensive, but it's, it's an option. I don't like Random. it being optional. Than you. But he is down at, um, shit Pike place brewery now. He was in charge of like, uh, catering and events at ESR restaurants. Uh, but he's the homie. I always talk to him online. He shoots me an email and stuff like that. So we chat. So shout out to him. Congratulations on your, uh, job. And then back to Maria Heinz. So I really appreciate this. I think this is, it's, it may be hard for some chefs, to do this, uh, but it hurts their ego. To her, I don't think she really has an ego. She's—I don't really hear people, many people talk shit about her either.
0: No, uh, everyone I know, uh, I've got a couple people that have been at Dolce, which obviously is the one that she just sold off, but have had nothing but great things to say. Uh, I think we both know uh, a, a chef in the in the city that worked for her for a long yep. time, yep. <laughs> and, and he's not. Uh, He's not a shy or quiet man by any means, but he's had nothing but great things to say about Maria. (laughs) Uh, But for her, you know what, I respect the decision, especially in a city where so many people are opening more and more restaurants. Um, She knew what her passion was and knows what she really wants to put out for the people to enjoy and is focusing on that. And in this case, it's a couple of side projects she's got, Uh, one of them being a cookbook, uh, up and coming. She has been very tight-lipped about the cookbook, uh, as far as what its contents will be. So not a lot to uh, speaking on that. There's only something about a particular cookie recipe. It's all she has mentioned.
1: Does it got the got the got the green stuff in it's, it? It's
0: uh, no no green stuff. Just macadamia and banana <laughs> is all she is saying. The we,
1: the weed stuff.
0: Yeah the, yeah. The well, there's green- enough of that going around. But she's doing that, and then she also uh, advises for James Beard. For, in she's, the Northwest.
1: One, she's the one behind that Eduardo Jordan win, huh? it has got to be. Got to be. <laughs>
0: I want to see the emails. Thick as thieves. <laughs> uh, and then she also does some work, uh, Tilt being founded on a truly organic restaurant. Uh, so she works um, with Tilt administration. I'm not exactly sure what level of Maybe association She might is. be
1: doing some consulting for other restaurants who mm-hmm. are wanting to get into that. And that's exactly uh, style, what she does. And yeah. for other
0: communities uh, to be able to. Show them to how to do
1: it. You know, because what, a lot of what she does, it's like, I don't understand how the prices are. I don't. The, it's pretty expensive. Tilt is pretty expensive, mm-hmm. but it's not insanely out of this world. I just wonder about the food costs at that restaurant. And oh, some restaurants may not work towards that style of menu because of the price points.
0: And a, another interesting fact, too, is if you have one restaurant, say, India Group, that's running a high cost. You can get away with it if you have income supplemented into right? your r- restaurant group by other ones, but suddenly when that is the only one remaining in the group, granted, I don't know anything about that for sure, that's just a theory of mine, but I wish her the best best of luck in her endeavors and that TILT continues to go
1: strong. Yeah, you know, one thing about it is is that uh, if you are running a restaurant well and you're doing a good job at that one specific thing, do you really need to expand? It's true. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You can have one successful restaurant, and still, you don't have to be a restaurateur. You can do other things. She's she's getting older. Um, I don't. And I don't know. The, I don't know her personally. I've met her in passing before. Uh, she seems pretty cool, but I'm sure some people don't want to be in a kitchen all the time at the restaurant all the time. And I can't imagine working at, I have friends that work at multiple different restaurants within the same restaurant group. And they go into one place in the morning, they go into another place in the middle of the day, and then they're at service at one restaurant. I, I don't like going into one restaurant and dealing with that's all your fucking shitty ass cooks who are fucking hung over and just bitching about stuff. You now you have to deal with that three different crews you know what I'm saying? Right.
0: The worst part of the day for me is well, that's why I try to get there before everyone else <laughs> so I don't walk in yeah, to everyone to berating me. Problems. Once, and then you leave one to go into another I, yeah. to a whole new staff of a dozen people talking about we don't have this, they fucked up the order that. Man, I would turn right around and, and, they and say, al- I already did this today. And, you know,
1: and they also don't want to tell you what the problems are. You're like, there to, like, okay, what do we need to do? And they're just like, oh, shit, he's gonna be pissed. Yep. yep. So, you know, it it must suck. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other chefs in town that have really, really good restaurants. And it doesn't mean anything if you only have one restaurant.
0: No, it's nothing to laugh at. I mean, having one successful restaurant is a major accomplishment. Yeah.
1: So, um, you have a friend. We were talking about you went on a trip to Corvallis. Corvallis, hometown. Go Beavers. This is on the. I'm,
0: cu- I'm sure on... you love when Ohio State plays the Beavers. We see, catch all the smoke, buddy. <laughs> hey, that was the most points we put up in a game last season. <laughs> Fuck you. And we gave up seventy. <laughs> oh my God, OSU. Uh, the real OSU. Yeah, right. The <laughs> the OSU. Uh, but yes, yeah, so went back to uh, hometown, small hometown, uh, Corvallis, Oregon, home of uh, Oregon State University, and not a lot else. <laughs> but uh, does have actually a pretty. Pretty active restaurant and uh, bar scene in that city. Granted, you went, you
1: went back there specifically for?
0: Uh, for an industry buddy, actually. A brewery I used to work at is uh, 40th birthday. So went down for that and see some old friends and go to some of the old spots. So after being gone for so many years and coming back in, the industry doesn't change over time, it doesn't change where you go. I get back in, and suddenly it's industry gossip. Uh, that's I mean, that's, <laughs> why st- that's why we started the
1: podcast. It was like, it's true. It's, you know, it's like that. You everybody feeds you all this information and stuff, and it's like let's talk about it. It's okay. true. We needed an outlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got tired of talking about it on all my time off. Right. This is uh. So well, anybody you know, comes bar up, tab anybody, right now too. Anybody comes up to me now and starts talking, come on the show and talk yeah. about it. You got a grievance? <laughs> you got a beef with somebody? Come talk about it. But the reason why I brought it up was, you know. Your friend down there, so your friends down there have a, their restaurant tour.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a couple major restaurateurs uh, in that town. And, and one this is of a them, small town. It's a very small town, it's <laughs> maybe 60,000, half of that's college students. So the residing population is not big. And they get out. They love to go eat, drink, and spend money. And there's a couple main restaurateurs in there. And one of them, his niche has been bar restaurants. And I found in the time that I've been gone. How long have you been gone? It's been seven, eight years. And and so what did he have when you left? When I left, he had a bistro cocktail bar as well as a whiskey bar. Um, He did have one full restaurant. But since then, he's purchased two others that were staples in different parts of the town and pivoted one of them to Tiki, uh, and I was I heard it referred wow, to as wow. Tiki Gettin' out there, uh, but nonetheless, he got a lot of flack from the community for doing a Tiki bar, which what?
1: I did not know was insensitive. I, Troy does not listen to the show. Troy's not on. He's not not on the social medias. I am unplugged. Yeah. He tries to be, he's mostly plugged into an IV bag full of whiskey, (laughs) but, but, uh, I had told them that we had covered this on the podcast and people take their tiki very seriously, apparently.
0: Apparently. And I mean, you were explaining multiple types of tiki. I just thought it was all terrible eighties dive part tiki decor where you drink blue Hawaiians (laughs) and whatnot. (laughs)
1: You would think, but at, you know, this day and age, cultural appropriation. Everybody's so PC. I don't know about. See, Corvallis is is it is it red or blue?
0: It's uh, it's very progressive uh, for okay. thinking, but it still has it's a college the, it Still has the hearts of uh, a blue collar okay. community, um, but farming the,
1: and stuff. For like the that? most
0: part, there's some agriculture on the yeah. external. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty gra- progressive community. So it makes sense. And it also makes sense. Well, where the hell does Tiki come from? <laughs> you know, so I guess I probably should have seen that coming. Maybe he should have uh, realized how, that
1: before. He
0: I think he also that, that assumed being a large member of that community that everyone knew that he was Hawaiian <laughs> born and raised. But is he, he is he white boy? Uh, is yes. he Holly? Yeah, for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> for the most part.
1: You know, I, I don't maybe people don't, don't know that. Yeah. You know, and then the way that you said he... Hand, now, how many restaurants... How many restaurant bars does he have down there? Uh, I think now
0: he's at four because he picked N- up... Now he's at he four. He picked up some others. But notice that uh, it started affecting his other businesses. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to get
0: Uh into. So he made, he made the right decision, uh, especially in taking care of his original businesses that have thrived, and decided to pull the plug on the tiki and go back to his roots, and <laughs> wash his hands of the situation, and I think he has saved face in the community. How... <laughs>
1: He got punked. Got <laughs> bitched out. That's. I mean, that's
0: no. I'm just waiting to see if it was a coup and if someone else is going to open a tiki bar that just blows up. <laughs> if they set him up.
1: And yeah, and that might be the thing. You know, somebody could have you know put out something and, and started this shit online to to, to outst him. Because mm-hmm. uh,
0: for the most part, the way that that community works too is it's small enough and there's enough restaurants, but everyone has their niche, and you don't open. That, that, that you you don't open tiki, is that You don't you don't step on their turf. <laughs> and so there's no
1: other tiki spots There's no there. other tiki spots. What who the fuck wants to <laughs> shit on a tiki spot? I mean the only reason we sh- were shitting on a tiki spot in our on our show was because the people that were doing it did it very badly. You know. And I, I think your friend being from Hawaii probably, you know, knows a little bit more about it, and so He's probably in the know, I would assume. So I don't think that he was doing it in an offensive way or anything like that, and,
0: and knowing knowing the type of person he is, he's not gonna. Put out a lackluster effort into anything and, and he's also gonna be respectful about it.
1: How long from open to close?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I, I only got the gossip. I didn't get a lot of the details. <laughs> I'd have to do some more research into that. But uh, I, I I hope the rest works out for him. Uh he's a good guy, he's a great restaurant owner. So you wanna shout got what's his name? Break. Cloud. This is for Cloud and Corvallis.
1: Cloud and Corvallis, and he's got like cloud cloud died. I it thought was, all of his restaurants when you were telling me about this, I thought they were all gonna be associated with like cloud something because you got uh, it. Cloud themed?
0: It was Cloud Nine, and then it turned to Irish Bar, so it was Cloud and Kelly's, and then I, I don't know what's going on down there anymore.
1: The situation's a little weird. Give him a chance, people. <laughs> Give him a chance. Uh Speaking of uh themed stuff, I wanted to I wanted to touch on the subject of the, the the soup served in a bong at French Laundry. At French Laundry, of all places. What the fuck is I? I would. I'd like get the fuck out of here if they brought that shit to my table.
0: Yeah, I. I already struggle with gastronomy and whatnot already being uh, over the top and to to the point bordering on crass, which at this point Thomas Keller just he just dove in. Uh, he went for it and the they picture on Instagram
1: that's cropped and face it just looks like a guy hitting a bunk well I, but th- so that they so what they're doing i'm, I'm sure that's a very expensive bong. it's a very nice piece i'm sure it is and it's uh, probably a hand,
0: hand s- blown by some hippie in napa
1: <laughs> you're hand blown by some hippie in california uh do you you smoke you smoke no it's been
0: two and a half years now i told
1: you i'm out i'm out of the game on everything what What was it that sent you over the edge was it doing those dabs with tuna
0: oh man I couldn't even play video games at that time, I can't do anything either.
1: I can't do anything either. It's a, a shame. Uh, you know, Soundcasting Network uh, is working with uh, Canacon. It's the, like, re- industry. It's not like a weed convention, but like a industry, weed industry convention. And I go there. And yeah, that's like, with Cat Cora, right? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> when Cat Cora was there. Oh, God. But all these free perks, you know, we're there and we're VIP and we got, you know, we're just throwing VIP. weed at you. And I'm like, I don't do that stuff. <laughs> my man. I don't do that stuff. But that's the thing about it is, is like, I don't, I don't really get, get the whole concept, the, the process behind them when to serve it in a bong. It's mushroom. They did. They serve porcini mushroom sh- soup out of it, uh, poured some smoke in it. And then they kind of pour it, I guess, into a bowl from the stem The slider. I don't know if everybody on this uh, listens to this show smokes weed, but a bong is like a large glass. cylinder. So a yeah, water pipe for tobacco, yes. That holds water in the bottom of it and then you suck weed, uh, suck weed. <laughs> <laughs> suck weed. <laughs> you smoke weed through a stem and then you pull a glass slider and uh inhale all the smoke. Get you really high really fast. Yes. But he's serving weed. And they did they say that it's called the soup is called bong water. It looks like murky bong water. Yeah,
0: it was in uh quotes. French laundry's quote bong water made with porcini mushrooms and covered with billowing smoke, so I hope that they're not calling the course of bong water. Oh man, I don't. This gets a fail for me. General consensus here. That is sounds like some tacky. S- okay, yeah, <laughs> very tacky.
1: D- I wonder if does Thomas Keller smoke weed.
0: That would Do be a good know? question. That is a very um, good question. He's getting up there, you know. I like Thomas. Maybe Keller, maybe I mean. for the joints, you know, man of his age. Yeah,
1: probably something like that. (laughs) I just don't, I just don't, I don't, I'm not understanding the, the connection. Yeah, I don't.
0: And, and And it's not for a weed dinner either. No, it's not. It's not themed. And I'm having a hard time understanding if this is actually on the menu or if it was a one off. I I, I think so. Because they served it to a critic. Yeah.
1: What I read, I read it was, it was off menu.
0: Yes, that's. I saw that, and it was a critic, and not only that, but a critic that they recognized as a former cook. That's right. So, was this a funny joke? Were they trolling him? <laughs> that would make me respect in him which, a lot more. In which case, if I was a tableside guest of said <laughs> critic, I think that would be hilarious. That would be great. Like, <laughs> Thomas Keller you. trolled you yeah. by serving you bongo Fu- water. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> That's fantastic. That in this which case I have the utmost respect. So for this do dish. I. <laughs>
1: uh, what, 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 if there's so many questions I have. So many fucking questions as into, is this a used bong? Was it used to smoke? That's true. Marijuana. Uh, what's the of? cleanliness of this bong? Have they used done this before? Is this a one? Is this a one off. Have they done it before? And then where the fuck would, did they get the bong from? Is it like on like a, a dish rack? Is it... Did they pull it out from a closet? Like, where was it located at? And whose idea was it? I'm not going to say Thomas Keller's not a smart man. I don't know him. Uh, I know he's very talented, but was this his idea or was this one of his cooks?
0: My biggest question as well is, did they let a busser return that bong to the kitchen dish pit area? Because I don't know about the bussers you've worked with (laughs) in the
1: (laughs) past. Shattered. I had like a... I had a, a Jerome Baker. I don't know if you know what that is, but I had like a four foot Jerome Baker, beautiful glass piece. I don't even it's It was a piece of, it was like a piece of art. You know, it was beautiful. And I let a buddy of mine, like, I don't smoke weed anymore, but he wanted to hit it. He's like, dude, let me hit that bong. And I was like, okay, man, whatever, hit the bong. And he smashed it against my fireplace and it shattered into, because it's like heavy compressed glass. Thousand fucking pieces. Oh yeah, all over the place. probably still finding them. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to Thomas Keller. I, I, it's a bold move, and I respect it. I just don't understand it, and maybe that's my little peon brain of not really understanding. Uh, but dude, shout out to him. He got really, really good, uh, a really good review on his Mexican restaurant. What is it called? Lo- La Calinda? It's, it's... Calinda? Calin- I
0: believe so. La Calinda. Yeah.
1: Don't, don't know they, what it means? I don't, No, no hables. espanol. Yeah. They said it's, it's actually really, really fucking good. And I wouldn't expect anything less than him. Let me see what I got on this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, mostly people are just shitting on him for appropriation of Mexican food. But uh, they said, uh, you know, the main question is, is he answers the question. Oh, this is a typical fucking critic reviewers thing. Uh, Uh, he's answered the question of what's the difference between culinary appropriation and appreciation. (laughs) They were so proud of that one. I'm sure. But he, he came at, he came, He came at it with a level of respect and uh, did it correctly. Uh, I've never eaten at one of his restaurants. Um, I
0: I have not. And this one, too, he took on Oaxacan cuisine, you know, probably the most prided cuisine of Mexico. So I hope uh, he is doing it justice. Okay. Uh, And he, granted, he definitely has the talent, too.
1: Yeah, the dude, dude's amazing. Super talent. Okay, last we're going to wrap up the show with uh, the Department of Labor. They overruled the tip pulling regulations, which we covered about, I think, two years ago on the show. We have. I believe I actually was here. It was a big it's fucking guessing. deal. It was a big fucking deal. The place that I worked when this went into, when Obama uh, instituted this regulation, we actually had to come sit down with lawyers. And they had to explain to us the way it worked. Uh, We were actually going to have a lawyer on our podcast to talk about it. Scheduling conflict, we didn't do it, but I had been ran down about the situation. So I was pretty well versed in the subject. It was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It was no clear cut definition. And there were definitely loopholes and ways to get around the regulations. And that's what people did. It was the type of thing of where they had said like, if you are not involved in, if the tips are not given directly to you, no one has to give you the tips. So the managers, nobody, the cooks, nobody legally was obligated to give you the tips, but there were voluntary ways to get around like tipping out everybody.
0: Oh, and that's been going on since... Before this was an issue, when I was 19, working at a little cafe, you know, we just tip pooled, it was counter service, we tip pooled every month, one of the guys counted the tips, did the math by our hours, divvied them up, and the owner knew about it, however, the owner was in no way involved (laughs) with the tips, so a blind eye was turned and they weren't taxed. He was trying to cut a bunch of high school and college age guys a break by saving them $20 worth of tax on their tips. So, I mean, people have
1: been finding ways around it uh, and will continue to. All right. So here's here's what we know. And this comes from your boys at Eater. Uh, The government passed its new budget proposal, which includes protection for tipped workers. Uh, The orange fucking dickhead President Trump (laughs) signed into law. Uh, He threatened to veto it at first. He did. Yeah. I think he's an idiot. I I just think he listens to whoever the fuck is in his ear.
0: It's true. Which I also am just wondering, did he sign this because it was repealing part of something Obama did? Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I think that that's exactly what happened. And and restaurant workers and everybody was saying, it's a good thing. Which are
0: all uh, bad hombres (laughs) (laughs) in his mind.
1: (laughs) So this bill expressly prohibits employers, managers, or supervisors from collecting tips or retaining tips made by employees. One of the biggest concerns opponents had against the Department of Labor's most recent and why they had a proposal was the bill nullifies that previous proposal. The new laws, the new law allows tip sharing between twip, tipped and non-tipped employees. For example, between the servers and the cooks of a restaurant pays a full minimum wage to all employees. This is the departure from Obama-era rules, which did not allow the sharing of tips.
0: And that's with the full minimum wage because they can pay. No, I don't believe that's the case mm. here. Or even in the whole state of Washington, but in other states you can't pay a lower minimum wage because they were receiving tips.
1: The tips count towards your minimum wage. As long as you the tips cover a full minimum wage, you do not have to pay that employee minimum wage. You know what I that brings up a thought in my head is what if a fucking restaurant owner in, let's say, Kansas, the state of Kansas Figures out a way to take the tips from the front of the house servers and disperse it equally amongst all the kitchen workers, to where he doesn't have to pay them minimum wage either. Interesting.
0: (laughs) Is is he just running with one server? That's a lot of
1: tips. (laughs) I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like if you can, if you can average it out and say, like, if you could average it out to take to take all the tips and take it up and make sure that they're dispersed evenly amongst everybody to where everybody makes minimum wage in the restaurant, you're still within the parameters of the law. Yeah? Yes. If I'm yes. not correct. that Yeah, that would that would fly. <laughs> so then it averages out. And so it's like, oh, that's fucked up. You man.
0: have one of your employees paying the wages of the rest of your
1: employees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the work is on their shoulders yes. to make sure. So you better not have a bad day. Yeah. And then the owner would have to come out of pocket. Yeah. And you better have a really good server. <laughs> yeah. I know we talk about tips pretty, pretty openly and frequently on this show. I can't talk sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I don't think I should be hosting a podcast. It's, you know, neither of us are the greatest at words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could that be why we do what we do? (laughs) Bobby, the wordsmith steals. We talk about it a lot. And and I I really do wish that we could get rid of of tips tips and the entire industry. It's just it makes life so much simpler. I just think it's I just think it's unfair. Uh, And I did want to talk about uh, before we end the show, um, I did get a job. I don't know if many of you know this, but. I work, with, I work with Keith, who is our producer. I work with the Soundcasting Network to produce content and uh, create digital media for marketing purposes and entertainment purposes and stuff like that. I know a lot of people, some people just think, you know, they're like, how, how do you not have a job, Robbie? How are you not working in the industry? And, and what gives you the right to speak on this motherfucking industry if you're not working in the industry? I always like to keep my foot in the industry somehow, and this is a way that I've been able to keep my, um, you know, my dip my toe in the pool. Um, it's nice. I like food. I like talking about food, but they're like, how, how can you afford to, to not work and just doing a podcast? And I'm like, I I do more than just do a podcast. I do some other things for the Soundcasting network here. It is, I, I do own part of the company, uh, to be totally transparent with everybody out there. Um, But I have recently uh, started working back in the industry, just not in the way I usually work within the industry. And I feel kind of bad, you know, what I'm doing. And I don't feel bad about it. What I fuck am I talking about?
0: There's no way to have done what you used to do while only having toes in the water. (laughs) Exactly. And this is (laughs) my point. Full submersion. This
1: is my point is that tips. I'm now working in the front of the house. Okay. I recently went into a restaurant uh, where a friend was the general manager for a birthday dinner. And I asked this person who was new in this position had been maybe in this position for, I don't know, six months, maybe how he was enjoying his new position and what he felt about it. And he's a front of the house GM. And he had explained to me the woes of being in charge of being down and short people and asked me if pasted me, asked me if I needed a job. And I said, yeah, not really. You know, I don't don't really need a job. Well, I told him I might have some free time coming up. Restaurant week is coming upon us. And I said, I might be able to help out. So I approached him, told him what I could do. I cannot work back at the house because I don't really have fast things and I don't have the time or energy to commit to being in a kitchen. Uh, It just doesn't work for me. And the amount of pay that I would receive They can't compensate me enough to come and work there full time. And I don't want to work. there. Doesn't work for both parties. No. So he told me he had an opportunity in the front of the house to, uh, you know, do a a multitude of different things. So currently I've been working at Buenos Aires Grill. That's an Argentinian steakhouse on First Avenue in the neighborhood of Belltown, which I love Belltown. Uh, I work with some other people that I know that I've previously worked before or I've known for a long time. Uh, And it's it's a front of the house position. So it's tipped and it's a steakhouse and it is crazy how much money people make.
0: Now, are you required to tip the kitchen? Do you guys do a pool? (laughs) They tip, they tip out the kitchen. As yes. they should.
1: As they should. As you man, they're the ones making that shit, man. Exactly. It's hot back there. People you know? didn't come in to see your face, Robbie. I don't know, man. They might. <laughs> There's been a couple people that have come in that they're like, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm and they're like, And why are you, dri- <laughs> why are you not wearing the monkey suit. <laughs> why are you not wearing a hat? That's a I didn't know you had hair. That's the biggest thing people were saying is like, you who are you? And so there was one girl that was in the other day, and she was like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you look so out of place. Because usually I'm in the back making—I mean, she was making a joke. She was like, I just remember you just coming into work and riding a skateboard with a fucking baseball cap on sideways and a fucking metal T-shirt.
0: It's yeah. true. Outside of a chef coat, I think I've only seen you in like a, a black hat and a Run the Jewels hoodie.
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's nice to see me in slacks. I still wear. It. Man, I wear them. I bought clean up pa- nice. I wear. I a pair of black, uh, black on black non slip on, uh, non slip. Slip on Vans. Very nice. So they look and they're like, they're kind of a little bit more expensive. You know, they're not 60 bucks. They're $80, you know, a little bit more. And I wear a black button up and I got a nice watch on and it feels good. And I get to talk about food and uh, it's been really nice because I think some people, I didn't tell anybody in the kitchen, the kitchen staff there, they all are, you know, they're all South American so Brazilian, Argentinian, we got one dude in the kitchen. That's from, I think Czechoslovakia or some shit like that, but none of them know. I never told them any of my background. There's some people in the front of the house who know what I do, where I come from, but the people in the back house, have no idea. And I was like expediting and stuff. And I'm like trying to set up their plates for them. And they're like, there's a couple, I don't want to say Nazis, but there's some, some people with personality by the end of the day, though, I want them over. You know, they were telling me not touch their tickets, which I respect. But other people are like, you, you, why didn't you grab my ticket? You know, yeah. and I'm like, look, man, you I can't fuck- try to place them all, man. No, it's I, a fickle bunch. I, I do. I do it the way you want me to do it. Yeah. I can set your plates for you, man. And I'm like asking all these questions so that they're they appreciate me and I appreciate them. You know, I see them back there working hard and I want to shout out that crew. I don't I don't think told any of them that I do a industry podcast yet, but I uh, want to shout them out. And um, yeah, if you want to come see me come come say what's up. See me in all my glory. <laughs>
0: come, uh, come see what he's been hiding all these years.
1: Yeah, right. I know. Troy, anything you want to say before we close out this show? Talk about your work. Shout out your crew. You know, we uh, just ran into one of your could, crew members down there. We did. We did. Uh, one of one of
0: my my nighttime cooks. Right outside. That was weird. It's it's weird seeing these guys not either at work or having a drink <laughs> afterwards. He looked mad surprised. <laughs> it's true, but we're up for uh, another James Beard nomination this year. Yeah, so
1: congratulations mm-hmm. to shout out to your chef, to man. To everyone, uh, I gotta get at him. Chef tell him, owner man. Eric Donnelly. Tell him. Tell him, I'll, man. Tell him to go fishing with me. <laughs> tell him to take. I don't know him. I want to know him. Sometimes I think I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> ah! uh, they don't. They don't. They keep, They like it that way. Yeah. They yeah. want you to think you know them, but you don't know them. You um, know them at work. Yep. Oh,
0: and I'll, I'll tell you what. He's the best at it too. The Irish goodbyes. He shows up and once he's, <laughs> hey, chef's here, chef's here, chef's here, and then God. three hours later, yo, did chef leave? Yeah. Like everyone just. I, I think he likes us to think that he's, he's been there. upstairs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, congratulations, Chef, on the nomination again Hopefully, uh, this is number four, hopefully this is our year This is it, this is it, baby, this is uh, it, this is it I honestly didn't even look at who else was nominated on the who are up against You can
1: just listen to episode uh, 129 or 130, something like that I think 130 maybe we talked about it I'm going to, because
0: I better have a shout-out in on that one If you saw Rock Creek on the
1: list I believe you did <laughs> I believe I believe you did, I believe you did I would say shout-out your social medias or stuff like that, but uh, uh, Troy
0: McDoobie on Spotify McDoobie? <laughs> it was a past life <laughs> That's my social media, <laughs> Troy McDoobie. I got a solid uh, like twenty three or so followers. <laughs> uh, do you, uh,
1: you? You got some Spotify playlist on there? Yeah,
0: it's funny because I play them at work too, and uh, people at the bar. Because you've been to our restaurant, you see so the layout. I'm right yeah. next to the bar, yeah. and they'll be talking music, and I can see the you know bartender and then shouting you out. I go up. home, and I jump in the car, and I'm like, damn, I got like three new followers uh, for brunch. <laughs> it's lit! It's lit on
1: Spotify. Um, if you want to follow the show on social media platforms. We're not really that active. I should be more active on Instagram. We we, we get follows. Uh, it's gonna be Grill How Long Steak Mister. That's Mister M R on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, it's gonna be at How Long steak Mister. If you would like to email us about show topics, your grievances with me, uh, you can't really have grievances with Eric anymore because he's not on the show. I'm gonna try to get him to come back and say what's up. We'll we'll do some catch up segments. I gotta, you know, let everything chill out, cool out. You know what I'm saying about the program. I I miss him all. Already man it was it was fun having him in here uh his energy is something else uh, you can uh, email us at grill at gmail.com uh, if you'd like to follow me on social media platforms it's going to be at bobby stills on all platforms and playstation network i think i'm gonna start playing nba 2k i've started watching gameplay on television i mean on youtube and it sucked me in it's pretty solid. I just picked it up, actually. Son of a bitch. I, I might have to do it. I just, I feel bad. I have never played. I think I played 2K in 2004. It was the last time I did. And I was playing it with a friend. Yeah. I would like to thank all the listeners for listening to our show. New and old listeners. Shout out to Christy Curls. That girl always, she'll just come up with some random fact that she learned from an episode, I don't know, four episodes ago. And she'll be like, this is what I heard. And I'm like, oh, you don't say. And calling me out right now. Sounds, You're sounds like wrong. you got a fact checker in the crowd. I do. Shout her out, man. She, she's a real estate agent. She uh, owns some properties uh, around this area down on the lake. Speaking of Lake Union, I'd like to thank Studio 212 for allowing us to record here. I'd like to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting our podcast. I'd like to thank Keith. Uh, send him your positive healing vibes because he's got a temperature. I don't know what, who's he, what person he's been making out with. Uh, it wasn't me maybe it was him and Eric got together you know I miss you man I miss you too alright guys uh, until next week uh, oh yeah I want to thank Troy yes it's been my pleasure it's always fun having you here in the (laughs) studio welcome back yes it's good to be back it's good to be heard right, next week guys see you later Grill how long steak mister
0: five minutes out eat a dick bitch